All right, good evening, Grace Point. Welcome in to Thursday Night Teaching. Father, I'm praying that you'll help us to teach. This is a very uh, sensitive, controversial topic I'm going to be teaching on tonight. A lot of different viewpoints, Lord. I pray for charity, Lord, among all the absence of malice, Lord, as we dive into this topic. Father, open our hearts and minds to the Word. Help us to be unbiased in our presentation in the Word of God. Open our hearts Fill us with light. Holy Spirit, teach us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so last week we left off. We're going to get into women speaking in the church. And um, this is obviously something that's very controversial. Some churches allow women to teach. Others don't. Some are very adamant. I've heard uh, preachers um, denounce it. And if you do it, you know, you're false. It's false teaching. If women teach in your church, then it's a false teaching. You're not of God and really hard. And I've, you know, you heard people that just, there's no difference in men and women at all. And you got you know, everything all over to the right and all over to the left. This has really been a tough one for me over the years, you know, and, and I was, I grew up in the Church of Christ. And when I grew up, they didn't allow women teachers. I could teach Sunday school, kids in Sunday school, but that was it. Now, I don't know how they do now, but when I was a kid, that women could teach Sunday school, and that was it. I remember I went to a church in Virginia Beach. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I had been filled with the Holy Spirit, which was new to me. I, I, wasn't, I didn't grow up believing in that. It's in the Word, but I, I did not grow up believing in it, but I experienced it. I know it's real. And uh, there was a woman that came to our church shortly thereafter, and I hardened my heart and my mind, and I said, she cannot preach. She's a woman. Her name was Sandy Brown, just so you know. And she was an evangelist, and she got up there, and I am telling you, she preached the house down. <laughs> I mean, she preached, and she was telling stories of miracles, deaf ears opening, how she had witnessed to Kenny Rogers at a Kenny Rogers concert, and God had really put his spirit. She's powerful, and I'm, but I'm resisting it. And I'm like, no way, man. She can't be uh, preaching in the church. And yet, the, it was so anointed. She was one of the most powerful speakers I ever heard. I left there thinking, Lord, I don't understand. This woman is so anointed and she's so powerful. I don't understand. And the gifts of the Spirit operate in her life and there's been divine healings. And I had to really dig into this and bring a settledness to it, okay? And, and my understanding of it, you know? But as I've learned throughout the years, there are a lot of viewpoints on this. Now, I'm not... I don't have an axe to grind. I'm not angry at people that disagree with me. You know, I, I understand how some people can take a different viewpoint than I do. I can see. I, I did. But I've kind of softened on this and changed my viewpoint. And I'm going to go over that. And you need to stay with me because there's a lot of Scripture I want to bring to bear on this. And there'll probably be at least two lessons. Could be three. So Paul says in verse 34, Women should be silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but are to submit themselves, as the law also says. If they want to learn something, let them ask their husbands at home, since it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Or did the word of God originate from you, or did it come to you only? If anyone thinks that he, how about she there? 
Would you put she there? Just a question. If anyone thinks he is a prophet, would you put she there? I'm going to ask you right now, before I go on, could that word be she? If anyone thinks she is a prophet, would that be okay to put a she there? Okay. Or spiritual, he should recognize that what I write to you is the Lord's command. If anyone ignores this, he will be ignored. So then, my brothers. Now, this translation, the CSB says brothers and sisters. But in reality, that word is brothers there. <laughs> it could be generic. It means brothers and sisters. And that's why NIV and, and many, many transla translations put brothers and sisters. But the actual word is brothers there. So then, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues. And then Paul goes back to his theme. I'll finish up with that on the last lesson in chapter 24. But everything should be done decently and in order. It just goes back to his theme that I've been teaching the whole way. What's Paul teaching about here? Things should be done in order. Okay. And this is important when we talk about women speaking in church. Things should be done in order. Why? Okay. Let's go over this. It says, women should be silent in the church. For they are not permitted to speak, but are to submit themselves, as also says the law. Okay, where does it say in the law that women are to submit to men? Paul is quoting the law here, is he not? He's using the law as his reference point. Our brother Paul, good brother Paul, the apostle Paul. Where does it say? I'm asking you. Where does it say that women should submit to men in the law? Well, you go back to Genesis chapter 3, and this is what every reference that I looked up referenced right here, Genesis chapter 3. And he said to the woman, who? Eve, I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear children with painful effort. Your desire will be to who? Men? Your desire will be to your husband. Yet he will rule over you. And to the man, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you not to do, the ground is cursed because of that. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. Okay. Right here, where Paul is talking about women being submitted to who? Men? I'm asking you. No. Paul was refer this is the only place in the law that says, I mean, talking about in general, this is what Paul was referencing in the law. And by the way, Genesis is a part of the law. Did you know that? The Pentateuch is five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Five books under, in the law. Genesis is one of them. Paul was quoting from here, the wife was put under the authority of her husband. If you don't believe that women are under the authority of the husband, I don't even know what to say to you. It's in the law. It's in Paul's writings, it's in Peter's writings, it's everywhere. It's in Jesus, it's everywhere. So, Paul is, what Paul is quoting here is where the wife is under her husband's authority. Now, it's very interesting because the translation, it says, if they want to learn something, let them ask their husbands. Did you notice that? So, what's Paul talking about here? Is he, is he saying that all women are under the authority of all men? 
No, he's not. Because if he was, then you could go home and ask your uncle, or you could go home and ask your neighbor. No, he's telling you the wife is under the authority of her husband, and she needs to go home and ask her husband the answer. What if you don't have a husband? What if you're a single woman? Who do you go ask, right? Have you thought about that? Go ask somebody else's husband? (laughs) Amen. No, the point I'm making is the law puts the wife under the authority of her husband. It doesn't put all women under the authority of all men. Here's an example. My wife is not under your authority. Any man in my church, my wife's not under your authority. She's under my authority. If you want to deal with my wife in an authoritative way, I don't care. You can talk to my wife. You can fellowship with her. I don't care if you bring a gentle admonition to her. But if you want to deal with my wife in an authoritative way, you need to come to me. And any man will tell you that. If you're going to bring authority, no, my wife's under my covering and she's under my authority, okay? So, so you don't have authority over her. Moreover, I don't have authority over your wives. Now, in the church, I have authority over men and women regarding order in the church. But individually, I don't have authority over your wife as a man any more than I have authority over you in that sense, except in the church, I have authority. We know that. We talked about that, right? The husband has authority over the wife. In God's created order and in God's created design. That's why, guys, that's why transgenderism and homosexuality and all these aberrant things, they're not under God's authority. That's not how God set things up. God's order was family, the man and wife together, working together in love with the husband covering his wife with loving agape authority like Christ loves the church, the wife submitting to it, and then being in unity and bringing their children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, the children obeying and honoring their mom and dad. Now you have a healthy unit that's able to go out in society and function. Okay, now I've said all that, and this is like a three-part teaching because I've got a lot here. I'm barely... Please come back and listen because I've got a lot more on this next week. I'm only going to cover one thing at a time. Okay, so the Greek word for woman, the woman should remain silent. The Greek word for woman, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. I've heard it pronounced more than one way, is gune or guni. It's G-U-N-E is how they transliterate it. It's the gaia, guni. It's guni or gunye. You look it up in the Greek, it can be translated woman or it can be translated wife. And in the law, Genesis 3.16, Paul was referencing that scripture gives the husband authority over the wife, not all men over all women. Moreover, in this context, if you will look down, it tells her, let her ask her husband at home, That Greek word aner can mean husband, but it can also mean man. Did you know that? A-N-E-R, transliterated. So he's talking about, and it's it's interpreted husband everywhere, because you're not going to go, your wife is not going to go to my house and ask me questions. She's going to go home to her husband. 
So in context here, the word gune is wife. And Paul is laying out authority in the church, saying that if the wife is going to learn anything, ask her husband at home. Don't be speaking out in the church. Keep silent. Now, I don't know what the particular problems were, and I've heard different things about it in the Corinthian church. And I don't know what the particular problems were that wives were speaking out, but the wife was not supposed to usurp the authority over her husband, okay? But she's supposed to be under authority. Go home and ask him the question. Keep silent in the church. Don't don't usurp authority over your husband. Now, I'm going to come back. I I don't have time um, because I'll get to it. We're at the 12-minute mark. This This reinforces what Paul taught in chapter 11, already. So once you think about that for a week, I'm going to come in and I'm going to layer some other thoughts on this. I really believe in this context, Paul, it makes sense to me 100% that Paul was talking about husbands and wife. And again, what's he talking about all the way through here in this teaching? Order. How does he end the chapter? Order. Wives, be quiet in the church. Stay submitted to your husbands. Don't usurp authority over them. And we'll pick up right there next week.